we, we want to make sure you know how to quote the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he making me to lie down in green pastures you restore my soul he leaded me in the paths of righteousness yea though I walk through the I shall fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff some people over there quiet that's all right yeah yeah I, I, and you want the people to be able to quote these scriptures and tell you where they are but many of the people that know these scriptures to heart don't know the god of that scripture welcome to the life experience a broadcast brought to you by life worship center where we're led by a dynamic duo bishop denzel and robin rule we are a church that lives in love operates in integrity walks by faith, and have been empowered by God. Stay tuned, there is definitely a life-changing word awaiting you. And now, here is Pastor Denzel with today's word. Now, this obviously is a word to the believer. That's crazy. It almost feels oxymoronic that we're talking about believers in sin. But the truth is, there are many of us believers that are in bondage to sin. Let's just start off just like that. We're in bondage to sin. And I know usually when we hear the topic of sin, we get scared because we feel we can get blows and blows and blows and blows. No, I'm about to help get you free today. As we started last week. Now, I can't go through all of the stuff we went through last week, but I want to hit something quickly. I want you to get this. Um, the definition, beloved, of, of sin that I, that I, I kind of wrote down, uh, sin is engaging in any action that displeases God. Write that down. Take note of that. Sin is engaging in any action that displeases God. Engaging in any action that displeases God. Uh, Hebrews 6. I want you to put it up there. Uh, look at, let's read it. Read. read. All right, one more time. That's that first clause. Ready. Read. Okay, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, he is displeased. Now, how do we define sin? I give you the explanation. Uh, please tell me it again. Ready? Definition of sin is what? See, I told you all to take notes. You all like, like my turn them in school. When the teachers say take notes, you got to take notes because they're coming back at you. All right? So it's engaging in any action that displeases God. Now, back to the screen. Uh, what does Hebrews 11, 6 say? The first clause, say it again. Ready? When you bring these two clauses together, I come up with this. Without faith, you are in sin. Think about it. That's, that's, a little, that's my little my, my mats, M-A-T-S, coming together. I did a little substitution inside there with the little simultaneous equations, and I came up with this master equation. See, I had two equations. I had one, my definition. The other was Hebrews 11 and 6. And from that, I rubbed them together. I did my little substitution and came out now with this summary equation. And the summary equation is, without faith, you are in sin. Take the you out and make it personal and say that. Ready? Go. Without faith, I am in sin. Say it again. That's the bottom line right there. Sin for you is operating outside of faith. Let's push on a little further. Um, every, every sin that you will commit 
is based on a desire to fulfill a need. Every sin that the believer commits, this way, I want to get all the way up in this to understand this, that every sin that the believer commits is because the believer is trying to fulfill a need. None of you that are believers just sin. Now that's important because that lets you understand the believer cannot sin because the devil did something. The devil has no power over the believer to make them sin. Repeat after me, my sin has nothing to do with the devil. Say it again. Say, my sin, and just look at your neighbor, yours too, has nothing to do with the devil. The devil ain't make you sin. He can't make you sin. You are in that safe place as a believer where he no longer has the ability to make you do anything. That doesn't say that you still... See, if the devil's make you sin and he can't make you sin no more and you're still sinning, then we know it ain't the devil. Your sin is not as a result of the devil making you sin. Your sin is as a result of you trying to fulfill a need that you have and you got to get it filled. It's nothing like when a need becomes... See, we talk about when desires become need, but that's not usually what happens. What usually happens is the need becomes a desire. See, many of us can go without our needs being met. That's crazy. We just go without our needs. We really go for our desire. That's why you buy the shoes and go hungry. You would think that we go fulfilling our needs. No, we don't. We fulfill the needs that become desires. And the ones that don't become desires, they go unmet until they become desires. So we live our best life doing whatever we do, get our hair done until the light turn off. Now you needed to put that light belong there. But you desired something else. So you went on amazing. Ordered what you did not need, but you wanted. And because amazing know that you lack depth, after you bought what you went for on amazing, amazing says, we suggest that you also get this. And you said to amazing, why not? So now you went on amazing and now you got seven things in your cart. Purchase them. And then tomorrow when you go to your computer, don't turn it on because the light off. And now that need becomes a desire. And now I begin to chase it because now it's a desire. We don't chase needs, we chase desires. That's why we don't chase God. Because we sing it, but it ain't true. You're all I want. No, it's true. What's true is, you're all I need. That's true. But you're all I want? No, that ain't true. Can we tell the truth? 
It's, it's, he's not all we want. He's all we need. Now, when they get rough, and we have no way out, and this all we got, then that need becomes a desire. More often than not, he is not what we want in praise and worship. Usually when we get home, and the need gets so bad and things get so rough, then now it shifts into a desire. Huh. We get to preach this boy when need becomes desire. Now, if we, everybody all right? Because I almost out of time. Um, uh, so it is, it is therefore so critical, glory to God, it is so critical for uh, this teaching to reprogram us to go after those needs before they become desires because when need becomes desire, right after desire comes desperation. And once desperation comes in, clear thinking goes out. Then we get to desperation, and that's where the trouble starts. Because when you get desperate, you don't process. When you get desperate, any will, mm -hmm, will do. When you get desperate, anything that looks like it has the ability to fulfill the need, you go after it. You even in short can't fulfill the need, but because you're desperate, let's give it a shot. I done desperate. Standards go out the window when desperation moves in. Very seldom does standards and desperation stay in the same house. God, that's pretty good right there. Very seldom do standards of desperation stay in the same house. Once desperation moves in, standards typically move out. Compromise steps in. And where I would never consider doing this, it kind of, my standards get lower and lower and lower the more desperate I get. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Doing that final exam. Before now, you would never cheat. But this one is for graduation. <laughs> Listen to me. I, I have an impeccable track record in school when it comes to cheating. No, I gone through. I, I ain't cheat. But there was one time. There was one time. BGCSE. We was in the library, and the chairs was close together. And I was sitting next to one smart girl, because they know we smart, we don't cheat, they put us together. Because they smart, I smart, it's a safe room. But I didn't study too good for this one, this particular one. I wasn't really on my A game. And I'm saying to myself, Dan said, you don't cheat. But this BGCSE. Because I get to point and I pause and I, and they, you know, you see them in your periphery? Yeah, that's right. They just go. 
look here, now, look here. And see, the problem is I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost like that yet. I was filled, I would say, Rupapandila Bahushia. That's what I say. No, 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 I don't talk. It's just look. Because they had good penmanship. The rest of that story is neither here nor there. Standards drop when desperation. So what we need to do is flee from desperation. Oh, God, this is so good. God, you're so amazing. This even ain't written down, Cassie. This is some good stuff right here. This even in the notes. Because what it says, because desperation, I told you standards move and desperation move in. So does rest. When you're desperate, you ain't rest. You can't rest, desperation. When you're desperate, you can't sleep. You can't think good when you, you take in Tylenol PM and you're waking up tired because you ain't resting. So that's why this teaching is so important. We're still teaching on rest, y'all, because what we want you to see is sin robs you of rest. And rest is where you function at your optimal. You function best from a place of rest as a believer, and, and we have not been teaching this in our churches. I ain't going to matter the whole thing on rest, but I need you to understand this, that if we don't ever get to a place of rest, we stay immature, we stay done grow, we will never fully manifest what God has for us to do on the earth, and we will never be attractive to the unbeliever. The church has lost its attractiveness because we are as stressed as the world is. We are as broken as the world is. And I, I said this some weeks ago that many would say, man, we need to talk about evangelism. That's what I said too. Let's preach about getting souls, one to the kingdom. He says, no, don't preach that. Get whole first. If you get whole, the, the, the greatest witness is a whole believer. Not knowing a bunch of scriptures. Be whole. Be at rest. Be complete within yourself. Glory to God. That's attractive. That looks good. Okay, anyway, I'm finding myself more and more. This thing about rest is becoming um, so real to me, and I pray it's happening for you. I had to teach my daughter something this week, and so I taught her a lesson about something we were doing, and I said to her, I took out a, a, a $50 bill, and, and I was telling her that if you want to learn how to detect counterfeits. I tell us, tell us to you all the time. Uh, don't try to look at counterfeits. Please let me know if I'm right. If you want to learn how to handle counterfeits, get to know the real. Meredith, if we get such a knowledge and an understanding, an intimate relationship with the real, you will always know when a fake shows up. I was telling, I said, I said, you got to learn that there's a, there's a diamond in the corner of the real $50 bill. And she said, hello, diamond there. Oh my God, I never seen a diamond. Some of you'll never see it either. I said, there, there's a window, a half piece of window. Right over Simonette's shoulder. And so now you know when you're looking at fake money, you look, oh, this ain't real. Because you know how the real looks. Watch this. Because I now know how rest looks, 
I am seeing so many apostles, bishops, pastors, believers who got plenty of tongues but have no rest. People that I used to envy spiritually. Now I look at them and I'm like, oh my God. Learning rest now is showing me how many of us are so far out of that peaceful show where the rest is. Okay, so in order for us to truly function, live, exist in the rest, thank you, uh, we're going to have to function in victory over sin. Because sin robs us of rest. Now, every sin we told you already is connected to a need. Every sin you commit is because of a need. Let's go deal with these needs now. We dealt with last week um, what you shall eat. I'm in Matthew 6 and 31. Jesus in Matthew 6 and 31, he lays out the three basic needs that we all have. In these three are every possible need that you could ever have. He says, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, and wherewith shall you be clothed. Those three things, eat, drink, and clothe, they speak to every need that can exist in your life. If you would have told me, I would have gotten pages of notes from this one verse, I'd tell you you lie. But it is so much things that the Lord started to open up to me, and I thought I had it, but I'm going even back to what I said last week. We told you, number one, uh, what you shall eat speaks of the necessities of life. All those things that are necessary for you to function in this world system. Now watch this. Uh, according to Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 19, all of the things that you will need to function in this earth, things, tangible stuff that you will need for this earth, can be covered by one thing, money. Once you have money, you are able to supply every need that you have in the earth realm. Because the Bible says money answers all what? things and because we have things that we will need we got to have money because God says he's gonna supply all our needs he's gonna give us the things so money don't don't be offended by money don't catch feelings about money the need that you have is not an idol we said that last week your need is not the idol the idol is what you use to fulfill the need you get an idolatry concerning what you do to fulfill the need. Let me give you some examples of the idols that can come as a result of money. Idol number one can be your career. Your career can become an idol. There are many of us that worship our jobs. So much so we'll deny our family to go to work. I was reading something the other day, um, and, and I, I taught the couples about this, and, and usually us men, we are guilty, but there are women that are guilty as well, that you work so hard to, to make money to take care of your family that you're about to lose. Let me say it again. You work so hard to make money to take care of your family that you're on the verge of losing. And then you can be left with money and no family. And I'm telling you, everyone in this house that, have, that is married to someone like that or has a parent like that, they will tell you, give me you, and we'll figure the rest out. But many of us, we're so I got to get this to take care of you, and you're going to lose me trying to take care of me. Lord Jesus. So, number one is career. Your career can become the idol because you're trying to get money. Number two, your financier. When you are in bondage to money, your financier, not fiancé. Who's your financier? Whoever gave you money. 
Whoever giving you money can become your idol like your... They don't say sugar daddy no more. What do they say now? They still say that? I thought I was old. I know, I know this, this is new. I, this, for me, it's new because I, this, this, I don't know where this comes from. I don't know where it came from. This cougar thing. That old? No, but me, when we grew up, we only sugar daddy because there was no, you didn't have no sugar mommy. But now, apparently, today, now you got. But I know it was Randy, yes, he had no name. So, your financier, whoever's financing you. Number three, when you're, when you're hungry after money, and it seems pure, but your ambition. You're trying to start something, you're trying to develop something, you're trying to this and that. That can become an idol because of your desire for money. Watch this. Whatever money gives you becomes your idol when you're in bondage to money. So that means your possessions. People that are, that, are, that are so driven by money, that need of money, then they worship vehicles and homes and devices and jewelry. Anything that money got them. Hmm. They see their spouse as money, not as a person. Oh, God. I'm speeding because I want to get to the last one of this, of this lot. The next idol, and this is the last one that the Lord gave me, that can result from the need for money. This one blessed me so much when the Lord said it. He said, this one, tell the church people, this for the saved people, sanctified, kingdom people, who the blessing is on. He says, your giving can become an idol. And he says, address it to your faith house that you pastor in. People sowing seed, people getting ready to sow um, a faith seed and next week Sunday, people getting ready to give into the pastor's life um, today, getting ready to do all this stuff we're getting ready to do. He says, tell them, don't let your giving become an idol. Because many of us, we no longer give from a place of faith or from a place of love. We give from a place of calculating how we can get our harvest. Thank you for tuning in to The Life Experience. You've been listening to a portion of a message from our pastor, Bishop Denzel Rule of Life Worship Center. We invite you to join us at any of our weekly services held at the C.H. Reeves Auditorium, located Mini Street, just off of Robinson Road. For more information on our ministry, visit us at facebook.com slash the life experience or Instagram, hashtag LWC Bahamas. You can also contact us at our office, 6015125 We look forward to seeing and hearing from you. Join us every weekday here on Glory 93.9 FM. Until next time, have a life-filled day.